Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Business Finance Bulletin Extra, an opportunity to get some industry expert views on small business finance tips and also news. I'm delighted today to be welcomed by um, two members from the Menzies team, John Cullen and Beth Evans. Welcome, guys. Hi, Good morning. How are you? Very good, thank you. Good. Well, first of all, Menzies. Well, Menzies is an accountancy firm offering a business, financial advice and services. They got offices in London, Surrey, Hampshire and Cardiff. So again, guys, welcome to the call. Just give me a little bit of an overview of what Menzies is and what it does. Well, thanks, Rob. Thank you so much uh, for inviting us on um, to your podcast. We're really uh, delighted to be here and hopefully be able to add some value to, to what you already do um, over the course of weeks and weeks and weeks and years. So thank you very much on behalf of everybody who watches you. Um, um, so um, Menzies is uh, an accountancy firm. Uh, we're a mid-tier accountancy firm. We have 42 partners and you've already um, uh, told uh, everybody that we're over a number of different locations. Mm. And you know, we we like to pri we pride ourselves on not just providing accountancy services because you know we're, there's there's all there's so many different areas where where businesses can access uh, accountancy services these days. Mm. Um, but we like to think we are strategic commercial thinkers. Um, our idea is working with our clients and hopefully inspiring our clients. And as you didn't expect from a county accountancy business our size, we can offer the general practice and the compliance, um, you know, the, the tax advice, both um, uh, national and, in, and international, um, as well as wealth management. But um, Beth and I specialize in business recovery and turnaround. Um, I'm, uh, we're both insolvency practitioners and um, Beth heads up our creditor services uh, team. So all in all, we provide an all round service that we hope to clients. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm particularly interested on in the turnaround service because obviously, uh, looking ahead now, we're recording this towards the, the end of May 2020, and um, yeah, it's going to be interesting times ahead. So let, let, let's kind of start off as we are here towards the end of May. How, how do you see the economy at the moment, and what you think is ahead of us? Well, um, I'll, I'll pick up on that one, Rob. Um, I think that you know we can already see. Um, the announcements that have you know come out in the press um, over the last couple of days um, showing that we are heading for a really deep recession um, which I suppose is um, you know unsurprising in one sense um, given that given the lockdown um, but also um, surprising in another sense in that it's something that we haven't really seen for the past um, for at least a generation um, you know historically we saw boom and bust um, and um, you know the, 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 the cyclical nature of that was you know was very dramatic mm. um, but um, yeah we're, we're, we're now heading for something that is quite deep and governments um, over the last 20 or 30 years have tried to um, try to make sure that that is not so deep and that there's a leveling effect um, on um, on that big boom and bust we didn't see it so it is something that um, you know it, it, it is that that's the economy um, and, and the scene at the moment. Um, and employment, uh, unemployment is rising, unfortunately, despite um, you know attempts to um, for, for that not to happen. Um, and um, you know the, the the scene is is going to be despite 
um, government um, attempts and government bailouts is going to um, mean that there are there are more companies suffering um, and facing difficulties that they have to yeah. manage. I guess this this recession that's coming is going to be very different, John, from previous ones. In that you, you mentioned Beth, and this is so deep, but this is touching practically every sector in the economy. It's not like a a, a recession. Um, back in 2008 was really the banks and that kind of led to some issues. This is kind of sector-wide, John, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a positive and negative in that regard in that, um, you know, it is it, it, it has been a tremendous hit for everybody. So it's touching everybody's lives. Um, it's changing the way people do business. Mm. It's affecting people's uh, mental health. Um, but at the same time, unlike previous recessions um we are very much all in this together um and whilst you know economically the you know and we are looking at it economically and i am mindful that you know the real impact here is obviously people's health um but we're talking about economics today um that you know there are the the people who are doing better than others in this environment Mm -hmm. but effectively everybody's touched so um there is there's a benefit uh, in that we're all in this together, so we're all focused on the right direction, which of course is the way out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I wanted to kind of focus on today is that we we can kind of wallow in the past a little bit. We kind of we are where we are, and uh, the danger is that many businesses are going to can now get just stuck in rabbits in headlight syndrome. But you know, clearly we have to kind of reposition ourselves going forward to. Uh, kind of you know, prepare ourselves for this new this new world that's facing us. So what I want to have a look at are some of the kind of levers that businesses can 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 move to make sure that they get themselves into a better place next year. Um, first point, I guess, that we kind of look at would be uh, like vision and strategy. What do you think businesses should be doing now while we're looking ahead to hopefully some kind of movement forward? So um, I think. The question is, is your vision and strategy working? Um, I've been involved in um, in assisting um, a reasonable sized business in creating their vision and strategy over the last 10 years. And one of the, the scenario planning that was done before the strategy was created was looking at two extreme scenarios. And the recent ones being a, an, an open, a global open economy and the global closed economy. And when we, when we test the strategies against those scenarios, we tested them at the time with wry smiles thinking, well, this is never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, we created the strategy on, on both those conditions and hopefully the strategy will continue working because we're very much in a global closed environment at the moment and the strategy is tested. But if you, you're finding that your strategy and vision isn't fit for the current environment, there is no harm revisiting it. And I'd recommend um, anybody looking at a longer term strategy and planning over the next five years, not only to create the profit and loss, not only to create the cash flow, the projected cash flow and the projected balance sheet, um, their numbers. And the only thing I can guarantee you about forward projections is that they're going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look at look at your turnover, look at um, the extreme scenarios. What effect does that have on your turnover? What effects does that have on your strategy? And what effect does that have on your vision? Don't just look at, you know, the current environment, but look at open environments where the, um, you know, where you find that people are working together. That's as much of a risk to business 
um, when your customers can source your product from anywhere around the world yeah. as a closed environment where people are, you're, you're struggling to get your product into certain markets. Yeah. And you have to have, um, or you certainly, you'd benefit from having strategies that would cope with either scenario. So are you going to be um, working collaboratively um, with people? And when I talk about collaboratively, it's either within the UK or even on a um, wider basis, you know, internationally. Yeah. Um, you may find you have to collaborate because of closed doors, you know, working with other, other your competitors. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's never too early to test your scenario, to retest your scenario and to retest so I guess your, your vision. When you're looking at vision and strategies, I guess you have to work off the assumption there are no sacred cows within the business. Everything has to be on the table for review, I guess. Very much so, um, including, you know, where you who you you know what your products are what you're supplying um who your customers are and we've seen that in with uh with the restaurant trade to a certain extent a, a lot of restaurants now are offering a takeaway service and mm. reaching customers that they've never reached before yeah. um so they're they're looking at capitalizing on you know their strength mm. and maintaining a turnover that was suddenly brought to an abrupt halt quite yeah, abrupt halt um you know completely unexpectedly but let's pick up on that point about products and customers again about reviewing. We can kind of be reviewing the vision of the business and the strategy as we enter this new world. What do you think businesses should be doing as regards looking at their product set and also the customers that they deal with? Take myself off mute. No. It's it, it, it's really a question of it's horses for courses. So it depends on what you're you know what you're supplying is your is your are you still able to access your customers in the similar way that you were able to access your customers is your product fit for purpose we've seen um as i've mentioned in the restaurant trade mm. people um branching out into the takeaway service and actually branching out into feeding the you know key workers which is which is great um but when you look at um people who are in a in, in a slightly more advanced stage of dealing with the current conditions or somewhere like hong kong We've got restaurants that have reopened. Um, we've got, uh, but obviously where tables are socially distanced and at appropriate levels. Yeah. So how does that affect your, how does that effectively affect your turnover? Where are you going to, you know, are you able to make the type of savings to operate on, an, you know, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a smaller business if you have to? Yeah. Are you able to diversify into other products? We've seen um, certain manufacturers look at you know turning their heads directly towards supplying um protective equipment for our key workers um you know is that is that a possibility and that's the type of thing that we that businesses should be looking at whether one that their their products and their customers uh, continue to require exactly what they had before and if they don't what changes can be made um to the business to really sort of leverage the the customer's need going forward yeah i also guess it's Beth, I guess it may be a case of how we deliver as well. I mean, we're beginning to see surveys coming out uh, that businesses are, are looking, well, do we need to change the way in which we kind of interact with our customers? Obviously, people now looking more at technology like we're doing now. I mean, we see more of that coming through, Beth. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about what the um, what the customer customer demands um, ultimately, um, and we need to um, businesses need to look to see if they can adapt to service that um, that demands, you know, and supply that demands. Um, and, and and yeah, we are seeing that in the virtual world. Um, you know, we're we're, we're changing. Um, you know, service service. The service sector is changing to providing advice um, in the virtual world, um, and you know the goods sector is changing to supply um, goods very much online, um, and delivery services are really taking um, taking advantage of um, the logistical sector and um, transport and logistics um, very much more so. So it'd be interesting to see um, how people embrace that um, and how that develops over time as well. Um, and, you know, if you want to um, sort of really think forward into the future and, and, and be a bit of a futurist, you know, are we going to see the likes of Amazon um, dropping our um, deliveries um, by drone? Um, you know, we, we know that that's really something, a thought that has, um, that has come out. And I think that the, the future could very much look like um you know like some of those films that we've seen historically yeah i mean we started to see um evidence coming about how we're adapting to this new kind of virtual reality world i mean here now people are signing wills virtually um uh, people are accepting finance deals virtually how is this impacting on your world about the fact that you can't physically see people whether it's on the accountancy side or the insolvency side, how are you adapting to this world? Well, I mean, we're really lucky that we've got the technology um, available to us. And, um, you know, I do thank, um, you know, th thank our lucky stars, really, that um, we're, we're going through this pandemic now and not 20 years ago, um, because things would be very, very different. But so, yes, we have this technology. And so we're able to um, to do a lot of um, of what we've done before, um, just, just virtually, because we can still see people. Um, you know, in terms of um, the, the, the role that John and I play, um, you know, we... we um, we're bound by legislation, um, and the legislation can quite often be quite old. Um, and you know, previously we um, were bound by a set of um, a, a, a set of legislation that was written, you know, back in the uh, in the 1980s. Um, thankfully, we um, we had an, an overhaul of that legislation. Um, about um, four years ago, and um, that legislation enabled us to do meetings virtually. Um, and actually discouraged us from holding physical meetings. So um, it really does mean that we're able to continue um, doing what we do um, in terms of helping businesses um, without any sort of barriers um, in, in, in the legislation. That said, there are still certain aspects um, that need to, um, to, to, to get a bit more up to date. Um, the courts are working very quickly um, to um, embrace virtual technology, um, and you'll see that um, you know a lot of court cases are still able to go on, um, and that's um, improving as days weeks go on. Um, but there are certain um, places where, such as the land registry, that won't accept digital signatures, for example. They need a um, a wet signature, and you can understand that um, because of the fraud risks. But we need to start thinking at maybe it's outside the box. To, um, to, to, to deal with things like that. Yeah, okay, good. We talk about things that are changing. I mean, one of the things that's not going to change because it's always a perennial uh, pressure point for businesses in terms of cash flow. And one of the concerns that I've got is that, yeah, we seem to be getting over um, the funding problem at the moment with the Seabills loans and the bounce back loans, et cetera. But I'm looking forward to say, 
probably quarter one 2021 when perhaps businesses start to grow again and we know that growth brings along working capital needs what, what do you think businesses should be doing now to prepare themselves for making sure that their cash flow position is in tip-top condition I think, um, you know, we're, we're, when anybody's looking at cash flow, um, you've got to start with the cash flow models and you've got to start with the three three way forecasting models um, to um, to really look at what that could look like um, in March 2021. You know, those models will take into account, um, as you say, you know, CBIL loans, um, business rates relief, um, VAT um, payment deferrals, corporation tax time to pay agreements and the like um, right now and, and for, for the next couple of months. But you're absolutely right. You're pushing a lot of debt into next year. Um, and so um, those models need to take that into consideration next year. And so rather than just doing a six month cash flow, those cash flows need to be at least 12 months, preferably 18 months. Now, going back to one of the points that John made earlier is that, you know, they will be wrong because, you know, we don't know what the future holds. Um, but the, um, the key to those cash flows is testing them um, and, 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 and also um, looking at your strategy um, and seeing how strategy and your strengths and your weaknesses, the opportunity that are out there can impact on those cash flows and really thinking about um, the different types of scenario that the business might face. You're never going to get it 100%, but if you've thought about those things, it does um, offer the business protection um, in the long term and certainly it offers protection to um, the directors um, from any criticism um, that might come in the future if things don't work out. I've often seen... And John, no, no, no doubt you've seen it as well. Many businesses have never really proactively wanting to engage in any cash flow forecasting. Mm. But I guess in times like this, um, it really comes into its own, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Rob. I think you know, sometimes business owners know their business really well. So they understand their environment and they have all of the experience to, to do that. Um, and there's no criticism there. I guess um, the forecasts are really helpful when things aren't going to plan yeah. so that you, you can begin to make decisions. Now, you know, some business owners have said to me, well, you know, how is the cash flow going to help? Because, you know, if you're saying that the only thing you can guarantee about the cash flow is that it's going to be wrong, how is that going to help us? Well, you know, it, it shows it demonstrates patterns. It demonstrates uh, risk. So um, it enables business owners to really um, make decisions where they, they understand the environment that they're making those decisions are either risky um, and you know, the level of that risk and where that risk lies, because I, I don't think we should forget that on the, you know, on the other side of the downside, there's the upside, there's the coming out of the re recession. And I, you know, um, I'm old enough to remember the 1990 hit Mm. Um, which was a, a very deep and sharp shock. Um, and the climbing out of that was a, was a real problem for a lot of businesses because they were successful. Um, they were, um, there was a, they, they were over trading because they had so much demand. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen in this environment, but it could do. And without numbers to support that, without some sort of indication, you can't manage over trading. People, the natural inclination 
of a business owner is to to find supply and find customers and service them but the risks in doing that without some sort of model showing you that you can fund that service are, are immense yeah. so they help you along that way it's a very good point i mean the the, the stats show you know, that uh, typically a lot of businesses fail coming out of recession more so than going into the recession and, and i guess many business owners don't realize this color, correlation between sales and cash many business owners definition of success is i did a million pounds with the sales last year and if many people want to kind of grow out of problems but of course if your terms of trade work against you trying to grow out of a problem actually makes the problem even worse from a cash flow perspective Absolutely right. And I think um, managing that with numbers helps. So, you know, you've got a cash flow, you, you've got your model that that's absolutely right. You've got your projection for your P&L, your balance sheet and your cash flow. And, you know, it, it's not a document that's set in stone. Mm. So you've got you've got a document, a, a document, a model that can change. So it changes for the environment and it gives you information mm. that allows you to make the decisions you, you need to make to make sure that the business in six months time remains healthy. Yes. So um, yeah, absolutely. The, the real risk that, you know, I remember back in the, the ni early nineties, I was at my most busiest on the way through to the upside, you know, the boom period um, and lots of good businesses um, really suffered. So it's, you, you know, businesses need to make sure that they're in a good place um, to, to ride the upside, which is a, a strange bit of advice, but yeah. certainly a bit of oh, advice it, that I recommend. It's very valid. And I, I, I guess, Beth, now is an, an, an important reminder for businesses that it's important to actually know your numbers. I mean, what kind of things should um, businesses be monitoring to make sure they don't fall into these traps in terms of this kind of know your number mentality? So um, I'd be very much monitoring um, the cash position um, and monitoring whether or not um, I project that I'm going to fall into um, a, a position where I don't have enough cash. Um, I, I would also, you know, by looking at those models, you can see if there's a big cash hole um, and you can then with time, um, with time in your favour, go and make the relevant applications for further funding from that, be that your bank, um, be that your investors, um, you can um, you can you can really start to um, start to put yourself in a position where you're going to be to um, trade out of um, out of this yeah. um, you also need to um, you know to look at the at the cash position right now um, and, and see what you can what, what you could do to manage that cash in the interim period like I said yeah. um, so taking advantage of any reliefs available um, but also no sorry this is really interesting obviously that we focus on cash because um Many businesses, as mentioned earlier, they'll have the measure of success being sales and profit, um, which will be contained in the management accounts. But you know, I'm hearing more and more, and this conversation is proving it, that really the focus has to be on cash, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, the age old saying um, is cash is king, and that's, um, you know, that saying's there for a reason. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm, good. Touched upon looking ahead to, to 2021. Um, certainly the, the one thing that does concern me is kind of the mounting level of debt that businesses are currently taking on now. What's your kind of view on that? So, so um, there's been a lot of noise around um, wrongful trading mm -hmm. and um, whether 
directors of businesses will be guilty of wrongful trading, sort of worsening the position for creditors if they make certain decisions poorly. Now, you've probably heard there's some emergency insolvency legislation going through Parliament to suspend um, the wrongful trading legislation during this difficult time. But that doesn't mean that directors of businesses should take their eye off that particular ball. They still have a responsibility to make sure that you know their stakeholders are, are, are you know don't suffer because of the decisions that they you know that, that they make. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to making decisions about the amount of debt that you're taking on as a business, you have to be mindful of um, all sorts of other things, the position you're putting other people in, and that you know that can be uh, your supplier down the road. That can be HM Revenue and Customs. That can be your bank if you're applying for assistance from your bankers. Um, you, you need to be able, at least today, to make decisions to look after not only your company, but the stakeholders involved in your company. Um, that's the right thing to do. So, Rob, it's really difficult because you're looking at what's happening in 2021 and you've got to make some assumptions. So, my recommendation is make those assumptions in good faith yeah if you follow that principle and you look at your cash flows and you've modeled your cash flows and you've looked at your business and you can see your business in certain scenario has a strong um you put you know getting getting extra debt at this particular moment in time will put your business in a much stronger position Mm. you should you should look to go and get get access to that funding Mm. at the same time if you can't see a way out of this, you've got it's an imperative that you don't look to increase the, you know, worsen the position for creditors, irrespective of where we are with wrongful trading. So, it, and it's not a question of getting the decision wrong, because there's no guarantee that your uh, forecast will be right. It's a question of making the decision based on as much information as you can get hold of, mm. and making those decisions in good faith, yeah. um, and then continuing to monitor it. Beth, I don't know whether you've seen any of your, any of your clients coming to you, but we're starting to get calls from businesses you know, who have been rejected for their CBOs applications, where they obviously see, like, oh, I have to have this money, it's going to keep me going. Um, and the figures coming out show that the CBO approval rate is only about 50%, so 50% of businesses that are being declined. And obviously, many business owners are scratching their heads and think, well, hang on a second, you know, the bank is 80% covered, they've got a guarantee from the government, this is as good as risk-free. But in some cases, I'm having very tough conversations with business owners and say, listen, let's look at your accounts 2019. You weren't making any money then. So what, what's going to be different now? I mean, are you having those kind of conversations, Beth, with businesses or owners who are scratching their heads thinking, why can't I get this money? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, one of the sort of the big pieces of advice that I'd give to anyone coming to me would be don't try and make that Siebel's application on your own um, get some professional advice and professional assistance. Make sure that um, the application goes in um, and it's and it's and it's watertight and it's looking at your historic um, figures and whether or not you were a viable business before the crisis hit. Um, but also looking at the future and whether or not you realistically think that there's a recovery for your business and when that recovery is because a bank a bank has a has a duty um to to look at those um look at those numbers and not to just give money into or, or throw money into a black hole yeah 
I mean, I've been obviously speaking to banks a lot over the last couple of weeks, and he said that what they're saying is that you know customers don't realise that exactly what you were saying, Beth, that they have a, a duty of responsibility and a duty of care to make sure that they're not exacerbating already a, a broken business. They've got to be responsibly lending. And in some cases, yeah, it's just very difficult decisions, and it's very emotive for a business owner when they hear a no from a bank. They don't want to necessarily hear the rationale behind it. That's, listen, we are literally just giving you money now to keep you going, but is it not just delay in the inevitable? Yeah, and then, you know, you've got to, the banks will also be looking at um, the, you know, the ability to service that debt in the future. Mm. Um, so, you know, looking into 2021, is this, is this business actually going to be able to service this debt going forward? And that's another reason why um, getting some professional advice on putting together that application is really important yeah. because, um, you know, you, you need to have a look at those cash flows and maybe yeah. tweak things and look at different things that you could change in the business um, to make sure that, um, that, that it can um, service that debt in the future yeah. if it was to take it on. I mean, the Chancellor has said a few times now that um, you know, we can't save every business. Um, John, you said you've seen a few recessions over the years like I have. The kind of school of thought that sometimes recessions are necessary in order to perhaps make space. What are your kind of view on that? You're, you're, you're absolutely right. There's no doubt um, that recessions can have huge impacts on people's lives that however um, necessary they may be mm. um, the, you know certainly sometimes a buoyant economy can often support businesses that may not be fit for purpose and that in turn has a real personal impact on people's lives people's family um, and we shouldn't forget that if i can offer a, a you know a crumb of comfort in those regards especially in the 1990s i i worked with a number of different people who felt that uh, the, the you know their economic world and you know their family world had come to an end because of the deep and and dark recession that they'd found, find, you know found themselves in and I found some of those people several years later working uh, well um, in re in really successful environments. Mm. Um, it's easy for me to say it's a moment in time, um, but it is a moment in time, and they you know we you know it helps when we remember that and that almost brings me back to you know the other thing in relation to what we should be looking for if you know if we don't have the cash the other important ingredient to sell turning around a company is is time so you know you're looking at creating cash and you're looking at creating time um but you know i, I agree with you rob you know the it's a natural cycle of business this is an artificial economic environment we're in at the moment brought on by a something that's uh, a lot more dangerous in relation to our health um but it, it, it's boom and bust um as until recently has been it was was an, an, a natural part of the economic cycle yeah. and there'll be good times after bad times yeah yeah and it's really now about uh, going back we were said we were talking earlier about how about positioning yourself so you come out of this stronger if we kind of close this up with some of the risks that businesses perhaps should be other risks that businesses should be looking at now, aside from financial risks, anything you think that should be on business owners' radars now are they, as they position themselves for hopefully an upturn over time? Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, business risk hasn't um, hasn't changed. You know, there's still the same business risks um, there now as there always have been. Um, but I think that people should um, should should be aware of 
um, you know, the wider contributions that they're making to society. Um, and, you know, given that we're working much more in a virtual world um, and um, taking advantage of the Internet and social media, um, I think businesses have to be um, very aware of their reputation. Um, and you know things you know, that they post on social media um you know are going to um face um you know the um the greater public um criticism um and, and, and public opinion is um is very much focused on at the moment on kindness um and um, the environment um and so i think those are quite big business risks that maybe people are not necessarily focused on because they're focused on um, their cash, their product, their market, um, uh, economic factors and their competitors. So don't, um, yeah, what I'd say is you know, don't take your eye off those, um, those sort of social um, and environmental factors because they could be big. Yeah. What about you, John? What, what do you think businesses should be focusing on as they kind of press the reset button? Well, if you know, if they look at their strategy and, a, in a, and really test their strategy against disaster scenarios, in some ways, the risks don't change as they go forward. So if you're looking at the, you know, if you're looking at your business risks generally uh, and coming across a, a, as what we're in at the moment, a really sharp uh, recession, the business risk hasn't changed from when you set the strategy. So it's really a question of planning. Um, the, the risks to business may increase and decrease, but they don't change. Mm. Um, so the more thought you can give to risk and the more um, good governance you can implement in relation to your business, and that's good governance, doesn't matter what the size of the business is, you can implement good governance and good process and great management information. Yeah. You're managing that risk and you're creating a platform to um, really um, set your business going and let it fly. Yeah. So, um, I don't think the risks to business have changed, just some of them have got bigger and some of them are less prominent. And I think like Beth, the, you know, the real risks to you are the, um, to, to go to that horrible quote, the unknown unknowns. Mm -hmm. So the more you can give some thought to those, um, the, the better. Mm. Yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, great, okay, we're coming to the end of our time now. We've we got kind of one last message, Beth, do you think that one key thing business owners should be thinking about as to where we are today? Yeah, I mean, it's very much about um, looking to the future. Um, I think, um, you know, like you said at the beginning, Rob, um, you know, we can focus on the past, but really we need to look to the future. And, um, you know, the economy is not great at the moment will get better um, you know we will and um, the scientists will catch up with um, you know with, with this virus um, and they will find a treatment um, and or a vaccine um, and that will give us some optimism um, and um, with optimism um, that will uh, allow us to um, start to really see the future a little bit more clearly um, and people will start to um, you know plan their futures and therefore spend more um, and so we will see um, an economic recovery so you know it's it, it can be a little bit doom and gloom but I would like to sort of end on a on a positive in that it will yeah better. what about yourself John one parting positive thought for what business owners should be considering now yes um, for me it's communicate um, I find I need to talk to more and more people I'm delighted to see you today uh, Rob um, I communicate as much as possible and it's not just to your professional with your professional advisors it's with the team that are working around you 
it's with your colleagues. Importantly, it's with your competitors as well. Um, we are in this together and um, we should create an opportunity for us all to move through this together. So communication, I think, is critical, um, both from a mental health perspective for the people, you know, for, for yourself and the people around you, right. but for the, for the business environment generally. So, um, you know, reach out to your professional advisors, reach out to your competitors, talk to them, yeah. share good information. Great advice there. Good stuff. We're talking about reaching out. Um, how can people get hold of you? So, John, um, what are your, your contact details if people want to have a chat with you? So I'm at um, Menzies. Um, and my email address is jcullen at menzies.co.uk. Um, and um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm easily available. Um, I'm, I don't go very many places at the moment, so you're likely to catch me whenever you need. But for the people who are watching, as opposed to listening on the podcast, John, has a very sunny background and a very summery shirt. So you're, you're making for virtual trips. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my, it's, I, I don't have a window on to 10B, but I pretend to. That was good. That's excellent. And Beth, how can people get hold of you? Yeah, so my email address is bevans at menzies.co.uk. Um, my profile is um, on the webpage, um, menzies.co.uk, as is John's, um, and you'll find my um, contact um, email address um, and my um, telephone numbers on there. And like John, I'm not really going anywhere anytime soon. So, um, you know, I'm in front of my computer um, and, um, you know, drop me a message. Give me a call. Yeah, perfect. Hey guys, thank you very much indeed. Some really useful insights there for businesses uh, who, who want to look forward and plan ahead and to make sure that they've got a, a safe and profitable future. So thanks very much again for your time. And um, for those watching and listening, thanks very much for joining us on this Business Finance Bulletin Extra. Look forward to being with you again next time. And don't forget, we have our weekly bulletin, which comes out every Monday as well, looking at small business finance news and tips. Thanks very much, guys. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks.